you've got to develop wisdom. You all know what wisdom is, don't you? At one time there was a guy down the hole and he was digging dirt, throwing it out. And his boss kept coming by to check up on him and he finally said, how come it is I'm down here digging the dirt and you're up there telling me what to do? And his boss said, it's wisdom, wisdom. The guy said, well, what's wisdom? He said, well, get up in the, out of the hole, I'll show you. So they got up and the boss walked over and put his hand right on a big tree. He said, okay, make a fist and hit my hand as hard as you can. And the guy thought, this is too good to be true. So he wound up and as he swung, his boss moved his hand and the guy smashed his hand into the tree. He said, that's wisdom. Well, a couple of weeks later, that guy was digging another hole but he had a friend down there helping him and the boss kept coming by and he finally said to his friend, how come we're down here and he's up there? And the guy says, oh, I know the answer to this one. It's wisdom. He said, what's wisdom? He says, let me show you. Here, make a fist. <laughs> well, it's not very bright. There's easier ways to develop <coughs> wisdom. So for the next 10 weeks, we're going to look at ways that we can apply wisdom to basically every area of your life, from your spiritual life, your job, your friendships, your finances, and on and on. And the book that we're going to be using, of course, is the Bible, and the specific part of the Bible we're going to be dwelling in in 10 weeks is the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs contains advice for getting it all together, and for keeping it all together. But before we go much further, I want to give you just a little bit of a background into this book we're going to be studying for 10 weeks. You need to know that approximately 3,000 years ago, King Solomon, who was reputed to be the wisest man who ever lived, completed a collection of wisdom statements, wise sayings, he put them together and he gave them to his son. It was almost like life's little instruction book for his son. He gave it to him for the exact reasons that Nancy read to you before <clears throat> from chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and that is so his son, and for all who would read this, would attain wisdom and discipline and acquire a disciplined and prudent life. Now, you may not know all of this story, but as a young man... God came to Solomon in a dream. And he said to Solomon, ask for whatever you want. That's kind of an interesting thing. What would you think, what would you ask for if God came to you in the middle of the night and say, name it and it's yours? Well, Solomon said, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to dis an ability to distinguish between right and wrong. In other words, what Solomon asked for was wisdom. Now the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 3 that God was so pleased with that answer, he told Solomon, because you've asked for wisdom and the ability to discern and you did not ask for a long life or wealth or power over your enemies, I'm going to give you what you asked for. Plus, I'm going to give you everything you didn't ask for, the wealth, the honor, and the long life. And so God gave Solomon 
an inordinate amount of wisdom, and he has passed that wisdom along to us in this book we know as the book of Proverbs. You see, Solomon understood something through God, and it's this, that when you have wisdom, you really have everything. For example, if you have wisdom, you'll not only be able to make some money, but you can actually learn how to hold on to it. You're going to be able to find and develop lasting friendships, godly friendships. You're going to know what to say and when to say it and who to say it to and who not to say it to. You'll know how to avoid a lot of misery that people bring on themselves, and you'll learn how to maximize your own personal happiness. You'll be able to actually learn how to raise your kids the right way, believe it or not. It's right here in God's little instruction book. You'll be able to sleep at night because you won't be dreading the consequences of the foolish actions that you commit all too often. See, when you have wisdom, God says, you've got access literally to anything and everything. Now, the question is, where do you get wisdom? Well, obviously, I'm not going to go, here, hit my hand. That's not the way for me to give you wisdom. Now, obviously, the Bible is the best place to get wisdom that we want and is really the best source. But when you look at wisdom elsewhere, and a lot of people do this, they have their, their worldview out there, and they're looking for wisdom by studying the gospel of Oprah or Dr. Phil or something like that. That wisdom, while sometimes might be okay, is kind of hit and miss, and it doesn't solve all your problems. But when you get into the Bible, guess what? It is going to be right every last single time. In fact, the Bible draws a very clear distinction between God's wisdom and human wisdom. We're going to get here in a couple of weeks, but in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, it says, There is a way that seems right to a man... But in the end, it leads to death. See, our natural tendency is not towards wisdom. Our natural tendency is towards foolishness. <clears throat> I, I was really trying to find a, a film clip I want to show today. It comes from Seinfeld. I don't know how many of you watched Seinfeld over the years. But you know the one character in there, George Costanza, nothing ever turns out right for that guy. And so one night he decides that maybe if everything he does turns out wrong, he should do the exact opposite of whatever it was he was thinking and see what happens. And of course, immediately he finds a girlfriend, he finds an apartment, and he gets a job with the New York Yankees. But see, by following his natural instincts through life, he found a lot of ideas that seemed good at the beginning, just like you and me. We have a lot of really great ideas at the beginning but over time, they proved to be pretty miserable choices. So in order to succeed in life, you need wisdom. And Proverbs shows us not only where to get it, but how to apply it at the most basic level. That's what we're going to spend 10 weeks in this book. And I almost guarantee you that you'll enjoy this study of Proverbs, particularly if you kind of read along with me. And the reason I tell you that you'll probably enjoy Proverbs, if you've never read it before, is because there are no abstract theological concepts in that book. There are no obscure philosophical ideas in the book of Proverbs. There are no begats. You know, some of you are reading through the Bible again with me in 90 days. Man, you get worn out and so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so. There's no begatting going on in this book. 
It's simply verse after verse, page after page, of plain, straightforward, practical, God-given wisdom. And today we're going to open up this series and take a look at what wisdom is and see if we can't get a little bit for ourselves. So I'm going to start with this first question. You'll see it on the screen. What is wisdom? Well, I'm going to give you my definition. Wisdom is the ability to make good decisions. And I probably could have written it this way, that wisdom is the ability to make godly decisions. Godly decisions. Now, some of you may be sitting there thinking already, you know, making a good decision is not enough. You also have to act on that. Well, if that's what you were thinking, I would tell you, you missed the point. Because whether or not you take action is in itself a decision, but a wise person, a godly person, will not put off the decision to take action. See, wisdom is this God-given ability to make good decisions about what to do, about what not to do, about what to say, about what not to say, uh, about when to take action, when to take no action. I mean, wisdom is just this God-given ability to make good decisions. See, if you, it has been said that if you know the right thing to do, you're probably intelligent. But if you know the right thing and you actually do it, you've got wisdom. And as you develop wisdom, the difference it will make is going to give you the ability to have decisions that match up more fully and more directly with what God would ask of you. Now, let's go to the second thing here, and that's to talk about the benefits of wisdom. And if you've got your message outline, don't panic because this part of my message outline has 10 subpoints. Uh, but no need to worry, I'm only going to spend about 15 minutes on each point. And so uh, most of the Baptists and the Pentecostals will be out of the buffet by the time you get there. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. But there are 10 ways that you can benefit from this reading. And I'm going to tell you, I took these 10 all just from chapters 1 through 9. 1 through 9. And the amazing thing is, every last one of them started with the letter P. That's almost a miracle. Here's the first one, perception. See, wisdom gives you the ability to make an accurate perception of life. You see the Bible passage, then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Here's the second one. It's prevention. Wisdom is going to prevent you from engaging in self-destructive behaviors. Now, I put a couple of passages up there. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. It will also save you from the adulteress. Then you will go on your own way, safety, your foot will not stumble. It's going to prevent problems. Here's the third one. Prolong. Wisdom will actually prolong your life. Chapter 3. Keep my commands in your hearts, for they will prolong your life many years. And it says on here, too, that wisdom, or long life, is in her hand. Anybody know who her is? It's not your wife. Whenever you see the word her in the book of Proverbs, it's referring to wisdom. Now, guys, I don't know why wisdom is given a female name. And I'm not even going to venture a, a, a reason why. I'm just going to let it go that Proverbs actually ends up with what? <laughs> the Proverbs 31 woman, and she is loaded down with wisdom. So, guys, you know... Need I say more without getting myself into trouble? The question you might ask is, how would wisdom add years to your life? 
Well, I think it's very simple. If you have good wisdom, it reduces the stress level in your life. And undoubtedly, that would lower your blood pressure. And having wisdom, it, it might add years to your life, but it might, be, it might even be better. It might add life to your years. Wouldn't that be wonderful? A little bit more life in your years to come. Well, the next one is peace. As you develop wisdom, you experience peace. Her ways, there it is, again, that female word, wisdom, are pleasant ways, her paths are peace. Well, the next P is prosperity. Again, wisdom. What's wisdom going to do? It will prolong your life many years, bring you prosperity. Long life is in her. There it is again, her, in wisdom's hand. Proverbs says there's, there is so much connection between wisdom and health that, believe it or not, we're going to spend one whole Sunday just on wisdom and wealth. The next one is poise. Now, have you ever met anybody or seen anybody who just seems so very much at ease in every situation? And I'm not referring to somebody who's cocky or arrogant. I'm just talking about somebody who has this kind of quiet type of confidence. See, that's what wisdom will give you. Give you that quiet confidence. <clears throat> the next one is protection. You get godly wisdom, it'll keep you safe. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. How about precision? Wisdom gives you the ability to take the right number of steps in the right direction. And sometimes it gives you the ability to say, feet don't fail me now as you run away from your problems. See, when you walk, your steps <coughs> will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. I know I'm supposed to bring enough for everybody, but I didn't. Sorry. Next one, I, I love this word, prudence. And, and you know, if it weren't for former President George H.W. Bush, a lot of people wouldn't even know the word prudence. Some of you may remember that little phrase when he says, not going to do it, <laughs> wouldn't be prudent. I think he was talking about raising taxes. Well, the word prudent or prudence is used some dozen times in the book of Proverbs, and it means caution. It means discretion. It means have some good sense. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. And there's one last one, and it, it, it pays. Wisdom <clears throat> pays. <coughs> if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. Now, just think about it. I've just gone through 10 that I found just in chapters 1 through 9. You got peace and confidence. You've got a longer life and prosperity. You have understanding and good sense. You've got a sense of direction. You've got a sense of protection. And on top of that, more rewards yet besides, I would have to say, wisdom seems to me to be worth having. Now, I want to mention all of these benefits at the outset because I want all of you to even be able to look at that list and say, I've got to have me some of that myself. And I want you to know that it is available to every last person here today who wants it. Those 10 things are there just for the asking. Now the question is, how do you get it? Well, I'm gonna tell you, it's a process, but here's how you get started. On the screen, what does it say? The beginning of wisdom, we jump ahead to chapter nine, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You wanna have biblical wisdom, you better start with what? Fearing God. Now, what does it mean to fear God? 
Now, when I coached high school basketball, I used to go to a lot of uh, camps, and one of the coaches that I always loved, believe it or not, still love him, uh, Robert Montgomery Knight. Coached Indiana University, then went to Texas Tech. In fact, I may be the only pastor you know that not only worked at his camp, but he worked at my camp. I'm not sure what that means. But one thing I learned about Bobby Knight is you will fear him. You will do what he asks you to do out of fear. That's one kind of fear. You're kind of scared. That's not what we're talking about when we say the fear of the Lord, that we're going to be scared of God, so we better hunt down some wisdom. But see, on the other hand, there are a lot of people who would do what Bobby Knight asked them to do because they feared him, which meant they held him in great respect. There was a certain amount of awe attached to it. That's kind of what we're talking about here. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the witness. This, this respect we have for God, this all we have from God, for God. Now the question is, where does that even begin? It begins through the process that God himself made possible through his son, Jesus Christ. Now what I'm saying very simply is, wisdom is only available to those who fear God because of their relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You want godly wisdom? You're going to need to know Jesus. It's just that simple. Jesus as Lord and Savior. Your Lord and Savior. And that brings you into that intimate relationship with God, that fear of God, that our God is an awesome God, and that's the first step in this road of wisdom. I put God first, and when I put God first, I mean I specifically choose Jesus to be Lord of my life. That's where the path to wisdom begins. Now, I want to cover one last thing this morning very quickly. How do you put wisdom to work in your life? Now, you don't have to wait till you're old and gray, because quite honestly, I know a bunch of stupid old people. I hate to put it that way. But I know some people that are old and gray that are dumber than a stump when it comes to having godly wisdom. You can have it when you are young or green. I know some young people, grade school, high school kids, who have an amazing amount of godly wisdom. So you don't have to wait till you're old and gray. You can have it when you're young and green. In fact, you can become wise now if up to this very moment you've been an absolute fool. All you have to do is start putting, you know, letting, put God first in your life, and there are three things you can do to let wisdom work right away. The first one is to believe in consequences. Anybody here when you got up this morning made coffee? Anybody did? Okay, Hugh, you made some coffee this morning. When the cup was done, did you put any poison in it? No. Now, why didn't you put poison into your cup or Margie's? Because, what do you know about poison? It will kill you. In other words, you know the consequences of putting arsenic in a cup of coffee. There are consequences for every action you and I take. But the reason that you and I do some of the stupid things we do is because we don't believe in the consequences. For example, we think we can eat pizza and ice cream and fry and put gravy on everything without ever gaining weight. 
I mean, we think we can smoke two packs of cigarettes a day and never lose a lung. We think that we can yell and scream at our kids and still be a positive influence on them. But friends, it simply does not work that way. See, Solomon made a reference to this foolish disregard of consequences. I love this. I blogged on this the other day. I called it scooping fire into your, into your lap and other stupid things. Look at that. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Uh, I don't care how you want to figure that one out. John, you can go home and fire up the grill later today and sit down there and ask Jay to dump some coals in your lap. You tell me whether something happened as a result of that. Of course, you know, fire burns. That's the inevitable consequence. Proverbs is a book of consequences. So for 10 weeks, we're going to hear over and over, behavior produces corresponding results. So you've got to believe in the consequences. Oh, I could rattle off a whole bunch of them, but we're going to see in Proverbs 13 11, it says, he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. I mean, that's the consequence of saving. Or Proverbs 14, 23, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. So believe in consequences. Here's the second thing. Learn by example. So you don't have to graduate from the school of hard knocks in every area of life. You can learn a lot of lessons in life just by hanging around other godly people, other people who started with Jesus to get that fear of God and have been seeking out godly wisdom. Follow their example. I mean, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, wiser than you. In fact, Proverbs says so much about this subject that we're going to spend one whole message just on the art of getting good advice from godly friends. And here's the last thing I would tell you. You want to put wisdom to work today. You need to immerse yourself in God's wisdom. Don't practice the world's stinking thinking. Get yourself in God's wisdom. That means read his word. I'm not going to embarrass anybody here, but I challenged you a couple of weeks ago to read through the entire Bible in 90 days. How are you doing? You don't, need to, you don't need to answer out loud. I know how some of you are doing because you call me and find out where I'm at. And, you know, I labored through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. I just about died, but I'm moving on. But let's say you just, you, you just couldn't handle that. Let me challenge you instead between now and next Sunday, just read the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs. I can almost personally guarantee you that as you read these words day after day, a few at a time, they're going to seep into your consciousness and they're going to be, begin to make a difference in the decisions you make. Now, we have covered an awful lot of ground this morning. We laid a good foundation for the next nine weeks. The book of Proverbs tells us how to get it together as God's children and how to keep it together. And it shows us how to make good, godly, biblical decisions. And good decisions are easier to make when you recognize that every action produces a corresponding result. So if you're ready to get smart today, friends, to wise up, I gave you three ways to do it. Put God first, believe in the consequences, and start surrounding yourself with wisdom, most importantly, God's wisdom. Well, let's stand for our closing blessing and our final song.
Dear friends, may the love of God the Father, the grace of God the Son, Jesus Christ, the bread of life, and the power of the Holy Spirit empower us to live as his children. Amen. Go in peace as the people of God. Jesus is the bread of life. We are fed and whole. Amen.